lovely man. Lovely man. Uh, he residing in Newcastle. He'll tell you all about him himself. And uh, yeah, his name is Ian C. And uh, yeah, just one of them people that you get to meet and you're like, fuck, I hope he comes back to us now. And I'm glad he does. And he's here today to share his story with us. So Ian, take as long as you need, my friend. And uh, yeah, pleasure to know you, my friend. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the introduction. That's really, really lovely. Um, yeah, uh, it's a Pleasure to be asked to to share it, Tasnur. This is the first time I've been asked to share it, Tasnur. Um, I want to I want to thank Tasnur for um, enhancing my uh, sobriety um, and uh, development. Uh, it's it's really really helped me kind of grow in the last uh, year, two years. I don't know, since the pandemic, I've kind of lost lost track of uh, years. <laughs> anyway, my, my name's Ian. Um, I'm originally from Scotland. I live in Newcastle. I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict. Um, I was sober for uh, about eight years and then I relapsed um, about two and a half years ago. Um, and uh, I'm sober today, and I haven't I haven't relapsed since. Um, so um, I haven't really prepared anything. Like um, I thought I would just open my mouth and see what came out. Um, so um, I'm I'm also trying to work on um, my uh, speaking and sort of lack of uh, um, that. Um, uh, mm, uh, e, uh, mm, pausing. So I'm going to try and talk as uh, kind of coherently as possible so that you can all kind of follow me. Um, oh, fuck. See, I fucked that up already. Anyway, um, so yeah, just sit back and get comfortable. Um, so I suppose for me, um, I, I got into alcohol uh, through drugs. Um, Specifically, uh, hash, um, and uh, I was quite young, and it it really fried my brain. And then, kind of through the hash, um, that led on to taking sort of pills and speed and acid and and all sorts. And I remember one one day sitting in the pub after a particular night out, and. Um, I remember having a, it was the second pint and the second pint hit us and it was just like all the fear and and uh, terror from the come down of, of, of all these drugs just left us on that second pint. And I remember looking at that pint and just thinking, that's the answer. That's the answer right there. That That's... You know that's the solution to to quieting down what 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 my head is going through. Um, so it then went on to become the answer to a lot of things. Um, and uh, I had a good a good ride with it. Um, you know, looking looking back in a selfish way. You know, um, I had a great time, um, but. The result of that was, um, you know, I was a, an extremely selfish person 
and didn't give a shit about anybody but myself, you know. Didn't give a shit about my sisters, my mum, my dad, my aunts, my 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 cousins, you know, I didn't give a shit about anybody. Um just sort of gave a shit about where my next paint was coming from. Um and uh and yeah. Um where I grew up in Scotland, a wee village, and um it's a, it's a working class village. It's a former mill town. And um I'm a musician and um an artist and um none of my friends who I grew up with in that village were. They were all tradesmen and and or were going off to work in the oil industry. And um I didn't really fit in, you know. Um I always wanted to go to art school, but art school was for wanks. Um and um deep down inside I wanted to go to art school, do you know what I mean? Like so there's me sort of stuck in this sort of group of friends um and 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 feeling a bit different um when the reality of it is if I'd probably gone to art school um they would have supported us i guess what i'm alluding to is fear and approval were the things that controlled my kind of formative years um and i was just oblivious to it so i mean even taking drink out the equation um the validation i needed from people um and the approval i needed from people were so important to me and i placed so much emphasis on them that it stopped me from doing the things that I really wanted to, you know. You could quote a Smiths song there, but I hate the Smiths. Um, <laughs> uh, no offence to anyone who likes the Smiths. Um, but um, I, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I got into AA um, once my daughter was born um that was a pivotal moment in my life and um yeah looking back i don't know whether i got into aa because of her or because i wanted to get sober um anyway um I managed to remain sober for eight years. Um, and I did the steps with with a sponsor. Um, <clears throat> but for a long time, throughout those eight years, I was always finding myself questioning, you know, why? Why am I why am am I this way? Why 
Am I an alcoholic? Um, you know, I was sort of searching for a reason. Um, I moved around a lot as a child. Um, I was bullied a bit, you know, could blame the drugs. Um, got a history of depression in the family and mental illness. But what what I've kind of come to realize this time around is uh you know the answer to that question it doesn't matter um it's 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 not gonna improve my life in any way um and there I guess I'm I'm alluding to just acceptance you know, this is who I am. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict. And there probably are, you know, reasons for it. But, you know, I don't have all the time in the world to do a PhD on it, you know, and figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure there are psychological things that, you know, could tell me why, but it doesn't matter, you know. Um, to me anyway um, I'm an addict and that's the end of the story um, so yeah I want to talk I want to talk about how I got better and um, and what went wrong the first time so I think the first time was the acceptance thing Do you know that that inability to to really accept you know I am powerless not just over alcohol but People, you know, I'm powerless over almost everything. And it took me eight years to figure that out. Um, it really did. I'm a bit of a slow learner. Um, but yeah, in the meeting the other day on Tusnu, we were talking about the steps. And um, after my relapse, the step work we did, I found it so useful. Um, and I mean, if you if you haven't done the steps and you're happy and content and sober, then fair play to you. Um, but I needed to do some work on myself and I needed to do some digging into myself to figure out who I was and what what was kind of flawed within me um, and developing awareness of that. And through working the steps, I got that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first time around, I did do the steps honestly, as honestly as I could back then. But then on reflection, you know, I'm a different person now. And maybe I was holding certain things back. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But this is going to sound weird, but maybe that relapse was one of the best things that ever happened to us. Do you know, it, it kind of 
shook the tree and um, gave me a big wake-up call. Um, I wouldn't advise anyone to go and do... Um, it, it wasn't alcohol I relapsed with. It was a, uh, it was ketamine. Um, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. To to, oh, it's time for a wee freshen up, and I'll go and do some ketamine and and work the steps again. Don't, don't, don't please don't do that. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'd recommend why not having a having a look through the steps again. You know, um, or talking. To, to your sponsor about it or whatever. But this time around, I got, I think it's because I was older as well. Um, it, it, it gave me a deeper insight into the principles behind the steps and the rationale for the steps. And, um, you know, just discovering that that, that, constant need for validation and approval um, and people pleasing and just how low my self-esteem actually was, you know, and how everything that I presented to the exterior world was, was, was a fucking act, you know, it was, it was an act. It wasn't, it wasn't really me. Um, yeah. I mean, and then looking back into into my formative years, um, you know, and thinking, I remember thinking of resentments are good because they kind of fuel you, you know. Like, and I'm pretty sure quite a lot of businessmen have, have got successful out of resentments and that. I used to think like playing football, um that um I was I was a resentful footballer, but um I wasn't resentful. I was just extremely vindictive. Like I'd remember you and uh I'd get you. Do you know what I mean? That's that's not like it's not really this the same thing. I'd just I'd remember your face and I'd remember your number. Um and I'd kick you back twice as hard as you kicked me and that but I got that messed up in my head I was like I didn't you know I didn't fully know what a resentment was but anyway um yeah I mean uh, doing the steps again has helped me so much um tuning in to Tusnua AA Agnostica, um, various things on YouTube, various things online, but Tusnu in particular has really brought my uh, current level of sobriety to, to a different place. I'm not going to say a higher level, just a different place. Like, I kind of look at it like an evolution. The evolution of Ian. Do you know what I mean? Like, 10 years ago, Ian was a fucking savage. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think now 
maybe I'm I'm sort of in the era of the Sumerians. <laughs> that makes any sense. Um, starting start, you know, I'm starting to learn learn the language, you know, of life. <laughs> it's only taken his ten year. Um, like I said, I'm a slow learner, but I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the ride. Um, I don't get it right every day. Um, I think it's probably safe to say I get it wrong most days. Um, but today I've got a job. I've got a wife. My wife has been with me um, for over 10 years. I've got a daughter. I've got plans. I've got the ability to make decisions. I'm working on my communication, not not just in meetings, but communication at work, but especially communication with my wife, because um, I still expect my wife to know what I'm thinking. Um, and that sounds like saying it out loud. That that that's insane, do you know. But I actually do expect her to know what I'm thinking. Um, and um, how can anyone know what you're thinking? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I'm trying to to communicate in a more effective way um i'm trying to use the resources that are available to me um i'm very aware that it's up to me and it's my decision and uh you know, the the old higher power chat and all that. It's um I guess, you know, it's you know, it's totally individual. Um but it's about making a decision. And it's like for me anyway, it's like are you gonna go through with this? You know, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? And it's got nothing to do with anything airy-fairy. It's got everything to do with feet on the ground, practical living. And it's like, do you want to be happy and live a good life are you quite happy in your misery? Because it's this is this is the step where you need to make a decision. And um, I made that decision. Um, be totally honest, it's it's hard sometimes. Sometimes I decide to sit in the misery. Do you know? Because there's still that sickness in my head. That that kind of enjoys it, 
in a in a fucked up way. Um, again, there's psychologists I'm sure can analyze that and figure it out, but I don't I don't know why. I know all I need to do is pick up the phone or jump in the fucking sea or take a cold shower or, you know, phone my sponsor, I'd do something, go to a meeting, but every every part of my being's like, nah man, just sit like this, cause, cause this is this is where you belong, sort of thing, you know? And um I don't understand that, but it's becoming less less so. Um yeah, today I'm uh, making music. I noticed on the WhatsApp thing, Mark had posted my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, thanks, Mark, uh, for the promo. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I love uh, making music. I love painting. Um, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I like exercising, um, trying new things. I'm going to join a new jiu-jitsu club. Um, uh, I'm making an album with two guys in America, um, which I'm a bit gutted about, actually, because my cousin told me, Ian, you need to make a band um, to promote the album. Um and I'm like, I'm 41 years old and I can't be fucked going out and playing in fucking pubs to seven people. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if there's any other musicians out there, but, uh, you know, it's like just just up until COVID, I was out doing gigs and, you know, you, you drop off your gear and then you wait five hours and then you play 30 minutes, and then you come home and then you can't go to sleep because your the adrenaline's going. And then you've got to go, go to work and there's like seven people came down to see you. You know what I mean? Um, fuck that. Do you know what I mean? I just I just want people to hear my music and get loads of money for it um, so I don't have to work. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I won't share it with any of you. I'll, uh, I'll open a, a rehab center, you know, for free or something like that. I'll do, do something kind, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and no, I'm going to keep trying new things. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't know what's around the corner. Um, but I'm not scared of it. Do you know what I mean? Um, probably will be initially, but you know I think fear is a natural human emotion to have but you know to it doesn't have a grip of me like it like it did in the past or less so you know Um, do I still seek people's approval yeah probably a wee bit Um, but less so do I want validation yeah, of course I do. Do you know? Like, want to put an album out, and I want people to like it, and I want people to buy it. Um, 
you know. Um, I made a song at Christmas. If you check the YouTube channel, it's called Chocolate Orange. And I said to my wife, I'm going to make a Christmas song. Um, I'm going to make a song that people fucking hate, right? And then um, that that was the that was the mission statement of the song. And Helen was like, "Okay." So I made this song, and then I like got somebody to mix it, and blah blah blah. And then I played it to her, and I was like, "So what do you think?" And she goes, "I hate it." And I was like, what do you mean you hate it? <laughs> and she was like, but that's what you wanted. And I was like, no, but like, do you know, you've, do you not appreciate the genius behind it? And she was like, no, I just hate it. <laughs> it is horrible. Like it, it really is. It's truly horrible. Um, and if there's any royalists uh, there, um, then don't watch it because um, it's uh, got a slightly anti-royalist uh, uh, hue, shall we say. Um, but um, I like it. I like it. And um, I think I like it because people hate it. Again, you know, fucking psychologists can analyse that all they want to. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm still fucked up, do you know. Like, that's not going to change. I mean, like, fucked up in a good way, you know, I think. Um, I can see your face is going, how fucked up is this guy, you know? I'm I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Um, And uh, I'm just grateful for uh, Mark asking me to share. And um, I think I've spoken for... For a good amount of time, I want to quote a guy Dave knows, uh, Pete from Yorkshire, who always used to share. Uh, let me see if I can do the Yorkshire accent, Dave. And he was, any more than five minutes and it's your ego talking. Like that. So um, I've gone on for about 30 minutes. So you've, you've had a wee bit of my ego too. <laughs> I'll leave you to it and thank you very much for inviting me.